lovely language learning listeners. Welcome to another episode of Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I'm your host, Heidi Lovejoy, and I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. It's rainy here in southern Germany, so nothing new. I took a break last week from the show for our spring break vacation. We spent a few days in Bavaria and then headed down to Italy where we visited our old town, friends, ate at our favorite pizzeria, enjoyed the outdoor market, did all the Italian things and ate all the Italian food, and I still feel so rejuvenated, so no amount of rain and clouds will get me down just yet. I have a special episode for today, but I want to start off with a little history, kind of set the mood for the show. I've mentioned several times that when I started learning languages as an adult, I had no idea what I was doing. I took Italian classes, but I treated them the same as I had high school and college foreign language courses, cramming before tests and doing just enough to prove to the teacher that I was a good student. I used Duolingo, but I was really only focused on finishing the lessons, not so much on retaining or using what I was taking in. And I signed up for an expensive program that promised fluency in just a few months, But again, I treated it as something to finish, going from beginning to end, and I got really bored. Looking back on my early language learning years, I can see that the problem with these resources wasn't the resources. The problem was in how I used them, or more specifically, how I viewed them, how much stock I put into the resources giving me the language instead of me doing the work to acquire the language. And I felt really lost for so long. Eventually, I finally thought to seek out advice, and I was met with an overwhelming number of recommendations, but they all seemed really good. I could see how each individual piece of language learning advice could improve my own language experience. I wanted to do them all, and over time, I tried everything. Every piece of language learning advice seemed to me something that could be the key to leveling up, to reaching fluency. Again, I placed so much value on the methods, and I tried faithfully committing to each one, so when something didn't work for me, or when I got bored or burned out, I felt like a failure. I started to believe, again, that I'm just not the kind of person who can learn a language. Over time, and with some really excellent language coaching, I finally realized that there's nothing wrong with me as a language learner. No. In reality, there simply isn't one single way to learn a language. What works for some won't work for others, and it's all valid. So that brings me to today. One of my goals of this podcast is to share the language learning thoughts and perspectives I wish I'd had as an early language learner. There's so much advice out there for language learners, so many methods people swear by, and they're all good. I want to emphasize that. All language learning advice, each method is good. It all works but it doesn't all work for everyone. And I think it's super important to share these stories and those perspectives as well to normalize the reality that some good language learning advice won't be good for you. And that's okay. I spent a lot of time, I'd say probably a good three years, chasing fluency, chasing methods that other people said led them to fluency, that other people said were the keys for their language advancement, And I felt like a failure over and over when any of those methods didn't work for me. Not only did I constantly feel like there was something wrong with me as a language learner, but I also wasted a lot of time devoting myself to language learning methods that didn't feel right to me, even from the beginning sometimes. My focus was less on studying Italian and understanding the language than it was on perfecting the methods that might give me Italian. And I don't want you all to do the same. 
wasting time committing to language learning recommendations that you feel or know just aren't for you. I don't want you trying to force something that isn't working in your life. So today, I'm bringing the first episode of Good Advice Gone Wrong, a segment in which I highlight some really good language learning advice that can also go wrong. So, without further ado, here we go with Heidi's first ever on the Love, Joy, and Languages podcast, Good Advice Gone Wrong. My first piece of good language learning advice that can go completely wrong is dun da 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 watching kids' TV shows in your target language. The first time I heard this advice was from a friend who had also learned Italian, and by the time I met her, she had reached a really advanced level in Italian, so I could trust that this was really good advice coming from her. But when I tried watching Daniel Tiger and Peppa Pig in Italian with my kids, whoa, it was so frustrating from the beginning. I tried every day for a few weeks to make this part of my daily routine. I tried watching with the kids, I tried watching on my own, I tried watching with a notebook in front of me for taking notes on words I didn't understand, I tried watching while folding laundry, I tried keeping it on in the background of my entire morning, but I just couldn't do it. I wasn't getting anything out of it, I couldn't understand much of what was being said, and I felt even worse about my level of Italian because of it. I gave up, but... I felt a lot of guilt giving up, thinking I just hadn't tried hard enough, and I felt like a failure. I clearly wasn't getting this Italian thing if I couldn't even understand kids' TV. So let's break this down. Let's start from the top. First, why is watching kids' TV shows in your target language good language learning advice? A lot of people recommend this, and it works for them, because kids' TV shows provide everyday situational vocabulary. A lot of kids' TV shows exhibit everyday situations, going to school, eating lunch, getting into some trouble, getting yourself out, things like that. It's everyday vocabulary that people might use. And in this way, it also provides immersion-like input, because it could be situations that someone in the country might find themselves in. Another reason watching kids' TV shows in your target language could be good language learning advice is because vocabulary and sentence structures are often not too complicated. The shows are intended for children, so we don't expect it to be at a very advanced level. And another thing about kids' TV shows is that there's often repetition of words and phrases throughout each episode. If there's an episode about a child going to school, you're going to hear some of those same school-like vocabulary over and over throughout the whole episode, or even over an entire series. And as we all know, repetition is really good for remembering vocabulary. But now let's talk about how this advice can go wrong. This isn't an exhaustive list. There definitely may be other reasons why this hasn't worked for others. But this is what I've come up with when thinking about watching kids' TV in your target language. First one is my own personal experience. For me, as a perfectionist, and especially as a beginner, when I wasn't comfortable in my own language learning skin, I had a hard time when I would miss a word, be it in a conversation or a song or a TV show. And while I knew it wasn't feasible to expect to understand everything, in a TV show, there was way too much temptation for me to stop, rewind, listen again, over and over, which isn't bad, except as a perfectionist, when I would rewind 20 times and still didn't understand what was said, or I understood the words, but not the meaning of what they were trying to convey, I became very frustrated and very negative with myself. Now, the obvious response to not understanding what's said with TV shows is to just use the subtitles if they're available. And I definitely agree now that this is good and useful. 
But again, as a perfectionist, beginner, language learner, I felt like subtitles in both native and target language were cheating. And until I got out of that mindset years later, subtitles just weren't an option for me at that stage. And some people may still be in that stage, and it's something to consider. Another reason that this good advice can go wrong is that kids' TV isn't interesting for most adults. I have no problem sitting down with my kids and watching their favorite TV shows. I find value in it when talking to my kids about the lessons learned in each episode or about what happened. But for my mature, intellectual adult brain, it isn't stimulating or interesting content, even if it's in another language. So boredom can easily set in. And because of this, it can also turn into a passive listening activity, which is fine, except when you're wanting it to be an active or intensive listening activity. Something else I ran into when watching kids' TV in Italian, but that hasn't been a problem for me watching the exact same shows in German, interestingly enough, is that they can still speak too fast. The first time I turned on Daniel Tiger in Italian, I couldn't understand anything because all the characters spoke so fast. The input I was getting wasn't comprehensible at all. Of course, again, I could have gone to subtitles, and maybe that would have helped, but again, that isn't for everyone at every stage of their language learning. On a similar note, just because TV is written for children doesn't mean the grammar is basic to a learner of the language that it's in. Of course, children use less complex grammar, vocabulary, and sentence structures than adults, right? But there are some grammar things that are part of everyday native language but are more advanced for language learners. In Italian, for example, things like reflexive verbs using the perfect versus imperfect past tense and subjunctive are all things that are used in everyday language that's appropriate for native children acquiring it as their first language. But as a language learner who's never dealt with these grammar topics, it's a lot more complicated. Now, some of these things, like reflexive verbs, may come up in beginner-level material, but others, like subjunctive, are considered more intermediate or advanced. And while I absolutely believe that each interaction we have with a grammar point is useful, every time we come across something is a chance to uncover it naturally, I also believe that the claim that kids' TV is a useful tool because it includes less complex grammar can be deceiving and not completely accurate especially for someone who's just beginning to learn the language. So now we have this good advice, watch kids TV in your target language. And I've also pointed out ways in which it could go wrong, not be as useful as expected, or even lead to negative thoughts about our own language progress. But how can we caveat this advice, this good advice, to expand it, to salvage it as good advice and work with it to make it work for us if it's something we want to do or try? First, I would say remove the kid part and consider watching any TV in your target language. Watch something that interests you. If you wouldn't watch kids TV in your native language, then chances are doing it in your target language isn't for you. But if you enjoy baking shows, reality TV, singing competitions, detective series, sitcoms, watch those in your target language. Even better if it's a show you're familiar with in your native language because you'll already understand the plot, the character dynamics, and other quirks that are particular to the show, which can help you feel less lost in the language. My second caveat to watching kids' TV in your target language is to use subtitles. I already mentioned that doing this could have maybe prevented a lot of frustration that I had when I tried watching Daniel Tiger in Italian, but I also never considered giving myself permission to do it. I really thought it was cheating somehow, whatever that means. So that's what I'm doing now. 
I'm giving you permission to use subtitles. For me, I prefer subtitles in the target language so that I can see the words I want to be understanding and learning at the same time that I hear them. But if you prefer them in your native language or another advanced language, that's okay too. Use the subtitles. It isn't cheating, it is valid, and it can make this advice a lot more useful for improving your comprehension skills. Next, I say watching kids TV or any TV in your target language can be made more effective by keeping it short. It isn't necessary to finish an entire episode, for example. 10 to 15 minutes, or until your interest starts to die down, is really good enough. Every exposure to listening input is useful, but it isn't effective if you stop paying attention. Don't make yourself watch hours of TV like I did just because someone else said it worked for them. If this is something you want to incorporate into your language learning routine, then do what you want to make it work for you, even if it's just 5 or 10 minutes a day. My final caveat to the recommendation to watch kids TV in your target language is to make it an intensive activity. This is especially useful if you're keeping it short because you can grasp a lot of vocabulary and grammar for deeper study in just 10 to 15 minutes of TV without feeling overwhelmed or without getting into too much too soon. There are so many ways to make listening an intensive activity. And if this is something you want to do, don't limit yourself to just one. Play around with them. Go wherever your mood takes you each day. But here are some examples of intensive listening exercises you can do while watching kids TV or any TV in your target language. One thing I really like to do is to pause every few sentences and write down in my target language what I heard. From there, it's possible to translate it into your native language or another advanced language. You can pick apart the grammar, identify the subject, verb, object, identify the verb tense used, take it a step further to reproduce it using a different verb tense. So if what you wrote down is in the present, see if you can write it in the past tense or future tense or from a different person's perspective. You can identify the gender of nouns used, the different cases used throughout the sentences. Anything like this that gets you to interact with the given grammar of the script can make it more intensive. Another idea is to try and produce your own response in your target language at the pause point. If you've paused in the middle of a conversation, what's something the other person could say? Have they been asked a question? What are some responses they could have? Write down your own words in your target language that could complete this conversation. Something else you can do to make this a more intensive activity is shadowing, where you repeat what you've heard. This can be good for pronunciation practice or also for just working your tongue, mouth, and facial muscles. I don't know about other languages, but Italian especially, my tongue doesn't always move in the right way. So practicing saying words, practicing shadowing over and over and over really helps build that muscle memory that's required for saying certain things in the future. There are so many other ways you can take watching kids TV in your target language and make it work for you in a way that you enjoy and you get a lot out of. So don't restrict yourself to taking advice exactly as is and trying to do it in the way that it's supposed to be done. Get creative, do what you enjoy, do what feels right for you, and give it up when it isn't for you. If you know that watching kids TV in your target language is not something that interests you, who cares if it worked for someone else? Don't even bother. Move on to the next piece of good advice. Just because language learning advice is good doesn't mean it'll be good for you. It doesn't matter how many times you see this advice or hear it from polyglots all over the world. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And I can't stress this enough. Take what works for you, mold what you want to work for you, and get rid of what doesn't. 
So with that, I'm going to leave you to think about this good advice gone wrong. And I want you to think about your own journey, your own experiences with language advice that just hasn't worked for you, how you felt about it, what you did with it. I want you to think about your own learning style, your own methods, and what you can do to keep moving forward with the things that work for you. I wish you an absolutely wonderful week. And until next time, ciao.